This week on TechNado, we'll be talking about the Cloudflare outage. We also have an update on the Equifax breach from a couple years ago. We're also going to see what Sting has been up to recently. That's all coming up on TechNado, starting right now. Hello and welcome to TechNado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I'm joined, as always, by Justin Dennison. Hi. Hi. And, and Tom Bissett. You know, our, our um, viewers that are only listeners yeah. kind of win at moments <laughs> like this. <laughs> I don't know. Or do they lose? No. I, I feel like they lose. <laughs> nope, they win. Nope. Um, yes, Justin is the master of, uh, of, what do they call it, like comedy with your... like uh, your. Physical, physical comedy. comedy. Physical yeah. comedy, yes. Thank well, you. you. Uh, Which starts with a P. It's like buzzword? I'm trying to get you to do a buzzword already. <laughs> hey, speaking of buzzword bingo, we're playing buzzword bingo, and you can join us if you go to go.itpro.tv slash buzzword dash bingo. Um, we've got all the new words in here now, finally, and I think we um, fixed that thing where we had threat in there twice. Um, yeah, it was like a daily double. Yeah, it's, if you had it, great. <laughs> if you didn't. Uh, shame on you. But we have, uh, yeah, a lot of good things here. But we don't have an interview today because it's it's a short week. Last week uh, with with the uh, uh, nation's birthday, uh, July 4th, for those uh, those of you in the United States. Um, and so we took a couple of days off and, and didn't have an interview. So, But we still have a lot of news because apparently the Internet does not stop just because... Um, America had a birthday. So let's get right to the news then, shall we? Uh, our first article here is from uh, Cloudflare's blog, a Cloudflare outage caused by bad software deploy. Ooh, and this is an update. Uh, well, it's been updated yes, it as updated. information came out. You know, because it's funny, the, the lead into that article, you said the internet doesn't stop because yeah. of the nation's birthday. But Oops. on July 2nd, the internet did stop <laughs> briefly for a minutes. little while. Yeah. Not the whole internet, but uh, Cloudflare had an outage. Uh, if you're not familiar with Cloudflare, they provide, well, originally they just provided denial of service protection for companies. Uh, they claim to have the highest bandwidth pipe in the world. Like nobody has more bandwidth than Cloudflare, and we have no reason to doubt that. Uh, many different sites are behind them, and they use that for protection. Well, they had an outage, and they were doing a mass deployment of an update across their their uh, edge. They have, I always want to call them edge routers, but they're just servers uh, that are basically the proxies that sit in between their clients and the end users. And it had a little bug in it, and that little bug caused them to spike to 100% CPU, mm. basically denial of servicing themselves, which they should have another service, like uh, Cloudflare Pro that protects Cloudflare that then protects the rest. But anyhow, <laughs> so they got denied. And it was really interesting if you were watching this happen. It lasted for uh, about, it says 30 minutes in this article, but I think it was closer to 40 minutes. And uh, it really highlighted how many websites are behind Cloudflare. Because you started seeing outages for all sorts of weird sites. And, and you'd think like, why is that site down? And it wasn't, it was actually Cloudflare in between. This is one of those things where I was like, how, how did that a bad software deploy um, if you dig in a little deeper, apparently it was a regex, uh, essentially denial of service, which if you do any auditing of like software packages, that's something that comes up during the audits, regex possibility denial of service. And so it was just a bad regex and yeah. boom, uh, I did see in the comments in this article, in this blog, somebody was like, show us the regex. <laughs> that's the first <laughs> comment. I was looking at that. And, and they're like, we're going to get to yeah, it. Yeah, they say we will, we will. Yeah. We're, uh, working on a more detailed blog post. So that's, uh. That'd yeah. be helpful. They, they 
that, that's why this was updated is Cloudflare does a great job of sharing a lot of this information. A lot of companies don't. Uh, but it was interesting because they were showing how uh, they actually do test deployments like this in a in an environment that's designed to simulate actual production traffic. And then they do a small deploy to then test in a smaller group and, and measure, and they just didn't see any of that happen. And then it rolled out to the big one, and it really nailed things. It says that the worst, it was dropping 82% of the traffic that was passing through the Cloudflare system. So some people were able to get through, most people were not, and it caused pretty widespread outages. I think they list some of the sites that were affected somewhere in here. Well, maybe not. Uh, oh, you know what? It wasn't in the Cloudflare blog. It was in some of the other news sites where they posted mm. other websites that were affected. But it was uh, interesting to see just how many sites rely on Cloudflare services. Is that why I couldn't get to Reddit that day? Very possibly. Maybe. Yeah, because uh, they yeah. have have a bunch of services. They're WAF, like their Edge Compute, um, their Cloudflare workers, which is great. And then, you know, Reddit being as popular. If you need a lot of bandwidth, Reddit's probably going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, have you used Cloudflare? Uh, not a lot. I've tinkered with their Cloudflare workers, but not a great deal, no. I'm, I, I love web application firewalls. I think they're a great solution, but I don't like the way Cloudflare does it. In order to get their full support, you have to actually host your DNS zones with them. You have to use their DNS servers. So they don't let you use your own. And they have this feature where they can kind of like clone your DNS server. But I, I just... There's so many things that we rely on, like Route 53 to provide that we wouldn't have with Cloudflare. So I... I've generally steered away from it as a solution, but apparently not everybody has. I have. Yeah. I've completely steered away <laughs> from it. You use uh, a different WAF. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's head over now to The Verge for our next article. I love these uh, these keyboard articles. Uh, Apple is reportedly giving up its controversial MacBook keyboard. Bye-bye, butterfly. So are we talking about um, the little uh, touchscreen thing that you hate here? Or this is nope. this is something completely different. We're I hate about... that with a fiery passion. <laughs> yeah. Let me just... Let, <laughs> both gonna, of you do, I think. Yeah, yeah, I hate it with a fiery passion. But in general, I hate the butterfly keyboard as well because my J key randomly doesn't work. Mm. Um, but they're, they're finally going to give this up, right, Doc? Uh, well, the rumors are percolating, right? So it's not official yet. Even The Verge is saying that the rumors are coming from some of the suppliers that Apple is starting to cut back on orders of the butterfly keys. Uh, and it's, it's the keyboard that... Uh, both of you gentlemen are using, and uh, my my last laptop had as well. Uh, on the newer MacBooks, they have a very shallow key, right? The keys are fairly flat. There's not a lot of depth to them. If you run your fingers across, you you can uh, you know barely feel the the seam in between the keys. And when you press them, the keystroke is very very shallow. The key doesn't move very far, which is apparently artistically pleasing. But it means that even a single grain of sand can get in there and stop a key from working. And I actually had to have the keyboard replaced on mine uh, before I swapped out the whole laptop. See, uh, I have so much less finger strain at the end of the day, though, than you do. I'm pushing, you know, about you do, know, twenty percent less than you. Do they make that argument? I don't know. Oh, but, okay. But the thing is, <laughs> without key travel, sometimes I'm like typing, typing, and then I'm like, wait a minute, did I hit? The I didn't keys? do anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Or, oh. Only some of those keys actually clicked and made letters. Um, I don't particularly like it. Keyboard fill is actually a, a giant selection process for me whenever I get a new uh, laptop. But, you know, this 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 works in all other capacities. So let me just make that clear. Yeah. And it's called the butterfly keyboard because uh, when Justin hits the J key here, it causes a tsunami in India. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> right. You heard it here first. Oh, I am yeah. now the cause of... 
large <laughs> amounts of tropical climate disturbances yeah. and, and various other things. That's that's why you don't type the letter J. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it, I am now Uston. No longer. <laughs> no, that's going to stick. We're going to change that on the website. So, Kuchar, you know, this keyboard, the butterfly effect. A lot of people have complained about this keyboard, uh, and I'm I'm one of them. You know, because I had to have mine replaced. Uh, on traditional laptop keyboards, you have nice big keys that are easy to type on, but it's just the fail rate on these is so high. And Apple has apparently not found a good way to fix it. I, I would think that putting a simple membrane on there would fix it, but I guess not. So they are looking at switching either back to scissor keys or some all-new technology we haven't thought of, like potentially a all-touchscreen all keyboard, which would be an even bigger nightmare. So we'll see. Yeah, the sand there. grain will just scratch it then. Oh, good point. It'd be like yeah. Gorilla Glass. Yeah. Because that, that works. Worst keyboard I ever had was I had the first Microsoft Surface, and it came with that keyboard that it had raised um, keys, but they weren't actually tactile keys. Do you remember those ones? Oh, I do, yeah. The yeah it was, it was and then they came out with the other keyboard right after that because everyone was like, I can't type. This yep. is the worst. It's thing hard. Ever. It's yeah. Have you ever tried to use one of those projector keyboards? No. Where I mean, you've seen them though, yeah. right? Where it's a little projector, it shines a light on the table, and and you so you're just typing on the table. It's really difficult to keep yeah. your fingers in the right spot. I bet it would be. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's head over to Microsoft land now, uh, over at ghacks.net. Uh, Microsoft explains the lack of registry backups in Windows 10, which is something I've been struggling to comprehend and understand. So I'm I'm glad that explanation is finally out there. But but Maybe, Don, for those that haven't uh, you know, gone and read that themselves, if you could bring <laughs> us up to speed. All right. So this one, um, it's news in that it has been hitting a, a lot of the news sites this week. But this is actually in response to a change that happened uh, as far back as October of 2018. So a significant amount of time has passed. Uh, what's happening is in, in Windows, you have a registry. So all of your settings and your options and the things that you configure inside of Microsoft Windows is logged inside of a registry. And a lot of the... Uh, applications store their properties in there as well. So it's kind of like a database of settings. And in the in the olden days, back in Windows 95, Windows 98, you would get registry corruption sometimes, and it would just hose your computer. You were dead in the water. And so going in and repairing or rebuilding the registry, that was something that I had to do quite frequently 20 years ago, right? But in today's world, I can't remember the last time I've had to rebuild a registry. It's been at least a decade since I've had to rebuild the registry. Uh, and it's actually even really infrequent that I have to go in and edit the registry anymore. Like Windows is so much more stable today than it was uh, 20 years ago. Well, one neat feature that Microsoft had put in place years ago was that Windows would do automatic registry backups. And so you would have your, your active running registry and then you have two copies of these, you know, where it would copy them to separate files. And if there was corruption, you could just copy the file back, and you were back in business. So it was kind of nice to have that. Uh, this feature has seen so little use that Microsoft made the decision back in October to stop doing that. So they're not doing automatic copies of the registry like that. Now, if you are running uh, a backup imaging solution or using Windows file history or whatever to, to back up your Windows machine, the registry is being backed up as a part of that process. But the automatic separate copies of the files, it's not making those anymore. And really, that's not a big deal for most people. Although I guess I could... I can say that because my registry is not broken right now. But if it was broken, I'd probably be thinking, man, where's my backup? Uh, but it's pretty uncommon to have those issues. I remember like messing up my registry when I was a, when I was a younger individual because you'd have to edit the registry or, you know, oops, I have something that's corrupting my registry. I had that happen a couple of times. 
I think I just stopped using Windows then. Uh, so I don't have to have to worry about <laughs> that, that anymore. Windows, Windows also <laughs> stopped using you at that point. Like, yeah. Nope, you can't. So, nope. Yeah, you know, in, in Mac OS, right, they maintain those uh, preferences files. And so every application has its own .pref. And even inside of Mac OS, the various built-in apps have their own pref files. So you can't have a global corruption event. In Linux, it's the Wild West, so people store settings wherever the hell they want. Uh, so, again, you can't have a global corruption there. Windows is kind of the only one that you get some trade-offs, right? On one hand, you got this one place to go for the settings. On the other hand, you can have corruption that stops the whole system from booting. Hey, speaking of Linux, buzzword if you're out there watching. <laughs> um, over on ZDNet.com, Microsoft developer reveals Linux is now more used on Azure than Windows Server. Linux rules all the clouds now, including Microsoft's own Azure. And so this makes it sound like it was not uh, not a planned announcement, but just kind of a, oops, I uh, let the cat out of the bag that we're using more than uh, our own uh, operating system. You know, uh, they've actually made this announcement a, a few different ways over the years. Uh, back in 2017, Microsoft uh, at, at their, I believe it was at Ignite, where they said uh, that Linux now accounted for 40% of the virtual machines deployed in Azure. Uh, and then last year at Ignite, they updated that, and it's now, it was, I think, at like 50 Two or fifty-three percent, it across the fifty percent threshold, uh, and so now it's creeping even higher. And so at this point, when a virtual machine is deployed in Azure, the odds are in your favor that it's a Linux virtual machine and not a Windows Server one. And so Microsoft is, uh, I think they're doing the right thing here in recognizing that Windows Server is just not a great solution for scalable web apps, uh, which is what most people are deploying these days. And so Linux is taking that spot. And we are seeing Microsoft get more and more involved in the Linux world, which uh, kind of ties us into the follow-on article to this. So this was on, on ZDNet, and they actually posted uh, a couple articles that were all related to each other. Uh, so let's jump to the next headline, which is, I'm going to steal your headline, Thunder. Go ahead, please. Microsoft asks to join private Linux security developer list. So we reported last week on, or a couple of weeks ago, on WSL2, the Windows subsystem for Linux 2, and how it's going to have an official Microsoft-maintained Linux kernel. So they will have their own distro at this there point. There we go. Uh, so now they're wanting to join the super-secret Linux security developer list, which is a mailing list just for validated and authorized security professionals that are working to improve Linux kernel security. Microsoft is obviously starting to dump money into Linux, so they want to be a part of that. Uh, other organizations like uh, Red Hat, Canonical, you know, they're a part of that same uh, same group because they want to make sure they maintain kernel security. And of course, uh, old Linus Torvalds happens to be a member of that one because you know it's his show. So, uh, so Microsoft is looking to participate. This means your your 2017 prediction has finally come true. Uh, you know. It's pretty darn close, Kinda, right? Yeah. So I mean, I, we have Sphere, which is technically a Linux distro. It technically is, but like I, I couldn't say, you know what? I'm going to format this laptop and put Microsoft Linux on it. Yeah. You can't can't do that, right? I'd have to put Windows on it and then run WSL two, or I couldn't deploy a virtual machine in Azure and deploy it as Microsoft Linux. Like, mm -hmm. so they they're giving you effectively a Microsoft distro, but with really huge constraints around it. So I'm, I'm not ready to say that prediction is done, but I, I was hoping to see it in 2019. We still have a few months left, so we'll see what that happens. Uh, something, the big takeaway, two things that caught my eye in both, in one in each article. Um, number one, it said Microsoft actually builds some of their Azure cloud services on top of Linux VMs instead of on Windows VMs, which I was like, ha, that's funny. So 
that's another push for, for Don's prediction. And number two, they actually have the person who requested to be on the mailing list was the internal Microsoft Linux kernel developer. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> that's on a business on a card second. somewhere. Wait yeah. a minute, yeah. So I was like, well, we're not too far away, and I'll be honest, you know, Mac, Mike and I have had some recent interactions. He chose Windows, I chose Linux. I feel like I had the one up on him, so yeah. it was a lot easier. Uh, good to go. You run Linux there? Uh, no, this is a cloud oh. VM. Yeah, like in the the Iron Tech Challenge, you oh, know, the Iron Tech stuff. You kind of pick. I I think I've told this story before, but I, I remember back in the late '90s when Microsoft bought Hotmail. So Hotmail was an independent service for email, and you know now it's all pivoted into Outlook.com. Um, but when they bought them, Hotmail had hundreds of servers that were running BSD uh, or FreeBSD. And so when Microsoft acquired that service, they spent the first couple of years migrating all of that functionality for Hotmail off of BSD over to Windows Server because they wanted to run their own platform. And so now here we are, 20 years later, and they're saying, you know what, we're going to embrace Linux. They could have just left all that stuff on BSD back then, and I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess. But uh, you know, they're not—they're not making moves like that anymore, and saying we've got to get this running on Windows Server. They're acknowledging the validity of running on Linux. I don't know how how, how true this is, but at the bottom of I think the first article, it said uh, Steve Ballmer, who said Linux is a cancer, now <laughs> says he loves it. Uh, so I, I don't know if I can verify that, but I just thought that was, so, so this, I think like when he fought with, uh, I yeah. think it was Guy Kawasaki about the optical drives as well. Like, <laughs> what, what are you going to do? How are you going to move your stuff? That's just crazy guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. he, he, he loves Linux well, and, now. And he's come out as saying that, uh, uh, he, he was using an Android phone, right? And, uh, he's dead, isn't he? Steve Ballmer? No. Did Steve Ballmer die? I don't think so. No, I don't believe so. You heard it here first it because it's Allen? not true. It might have been yes, Paul, Paul Allen. Allen. I think it was Which Paul one Allen. owned the uh, Seahawks? He, uh, Paul Allen. Okay, uh, all right. Bomber Ron, owns the, the Clippers, I think. Yeah. I think. Okay. Like Clippers. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So he's still alive, and he said... <laughs> alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, when... Obviously, if you're the the head of a massive corporation that creates a product, you want to show that you use that product. But he is certainly embracing other things in his uh, his freedom. Uh, Steve Wozniak doing the same thing, right? You see him use Android. Also stuff. alive. I, yeah. I just like to think, and and I'm sure it's not <laughs> happening, but that somewhere Steve was listening to this and was like, "What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Whew. I'm still alive. Just touch and go there for a second. <laughs> told me. I feel compelled every time we mention someone's name now to go. Still alive. <laughs> yeah. Super alive." <laughs> All right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna stay on ZDNet for our next article. Um, D-Link to undergo security audits for ten years as part of an FTC settlement. Uh, D-Link must also implement a new and modern software security program for its routers and security cameras. And uh, Don, I, I did see your uh, your tweet about this, so you've got. Uh, <laughs> Um, you're, you're not happy with this this punishment, it sounds you know, like. You and I, uh, before Justin came on here full-time, Peter, you and I had, had complained about how we would report on all these cybersecurity incidents and breaches mm -hmm. and stuff, and nobody ever goes to jail, nope. right? Nobody ever gets punished. And so finally, D-Link was you know, found to be negligent that they just uh, were not even bothering with security in their devices. They had some high-profile compromises and backdoors, and so they were found guilty, and now they're being punished. Well, the punishment is to undergo routine security audits for the next 10 years and to develop a secure software development lifecycle, which coincidentally 
are the things they should have been doing anyway as part of the industry and that most of their competitors are already doing. So their punishment is that for now on, they have to do their job right. Well, just for 10 years. After yeah, that, yeah, they I can go back. Say, <laughs> you're number 11. All bets are off. They're like, all right, Billy, you got to go. Mark you're out of here. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, those audits, position. too much paperwork, trash them. Mm-hmm. Um, oops. Yeah, I, I just I thought it was comical. It's not really a punishment. It, it was not a fine. Nobody went to jail. There's no. Uh, it's not even like excessive audits. I, I think it was uh, two a year, right? Like every six months, which quarterly Ooh. is lately the the recommendation. So somewhere in here they say it. Uh, but it was just kind of ridiculous that they're just not they're not really being punished. They're just saying the courts are going to watch you. You need to do your job right. And so. It, if they do their job right, great. You know, that'll happen. Uh, if they do it wrong, I, I'm assuming more punishments will happen, but who knows? Yeah, more more punishments of having to do your job. So I should switch to a, uh, a D-Link security camera from my FOSCAM. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, because <laughs> audits. I'm not sure how often... Foscam does that. I, th- I think the, I'm pretty the sure they Chinese government's back yeah. door uh, <laughs> goes in and you know once a, a month. I mean, considering I'm looking at your house right now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they don't. How is everything? Dog's <laughs> uh, good. Looks fine. No That's fires good. or anything. I don't see any smoke. That's good. Yeah, Peter Van Rasdam, still alive. Yep, yep, yeah. right here. All right. <laughs> Down hasn't killed me yet. Uh, hey, there, there's more um, people that got uh, held accountable for the things that they did. <laughs> Wouldn't you believe it? That, that's it, that's one way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, partially held accountable. All right, over at CNET.com, former Equifax exec gets four months in prison for insider trading after breach. The former CIO sold all of his shares in the company 10 days before the breach was publicly publicly revealed. And and uh, so he's not held accountable for anything to do with the actual breach, <laughs> but just for trying to profit from said breach. Because, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I look for a silver lining. And so, hey, all of our company's data is out there. Maybe now's the time to sell. Before we tell everybody about well, it. Well, sure. Yeah. You still got to, I mean, you got to. So as a CIO, doesn't he have to like report this to the SEC? Doesn't he have to say, I'm going to sell my shares? He does. And we actually, we talked about this story when, when this happened um, way back when uh, Don and I, I mentioned it. So it was, it was public knowledge. And apparently the SEC saw that as well and was not happy. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a real trend here in the United States, and I, I assume it's in other countries too, that even if your company only has five people, you name somebody a CEO, right? So C-level executive used to actually mean something. Uh, and so if you were the chief uh, executive officer, that meant there were multiple executive officers and you were the chief amongst them, right? If you were the chief information officer, CIO, then there were other information officers underneath you. But a lot of small and medium companies use that same terminology, even though they don't have that that structure. So what you end up with is people that have CIO on the resume, but have never actually gone through the process of being CIO of a massive organization like Equifax. They are massive. And if you find somebody who's like the, the CEO of AT&T, then they've worked with financial advisors and legal counsel, and they know that they're supposed to report things to the SEC. But I could totally see this person just... You know, hey, I'm I'm the IT director type. I I don't I don't have to report to the SEC, uh, and maybe not even being familiar with uh, insider trading. So maybe maybe that's a possibility here that this was just ignorance of the the rule, <clears throat> or it could be very malicious. Which it, we when we reported on the Equifax breach and this uh, this kind of sell off was was shown, uh, we, we said back then like this is insider trading. You know, if you're the CIO, you know a breach happened and you sell all of your shares. 
10 days before an announcement, like that's pretty cut and dry. Well, the courts agreed, uh, so he's going to go to jail for four months. Uh, Peter, you pointed out that uh, that seems to be the extent of the punishment, right? Was there... Uh, well, he was also ordered to pay about $117,000 in restitution and a $55,000 fine. So um, he's got some financial uh, obligations there as well. And I and I have a feeling this is not going to look great on his resume, too, for future CIO work. What's absolutely amazing is what they say he got for selling off his shares, $950,000, which means he's still in the positive because another individual who also got caught doing a similar thing was required to give up his earnings, but that is not what this article said about the current individual. So if that's the case, he's going to jail for four months. He's yeah. going to take nine hundred fifty thousand dollars, and going to take one hundred seventeen. What fifty five? That's about a buck well, eighty or something. But like here's that. the here's the point though. He his shares still had value after the breach. So it says here uh, that uh, he made more than seventy five thousand dollars on uh, on those trades. That's so, a different guy. Oh, that's the that's the other guy. Yeah, the, oh, the Ying sold all his shares and made nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, I guess the question is, how much lower was the value of the shares in ten days later? Because well, that's the that's the difference. What's I mean, odd though is the software developer manager who sold who did the same thing for seventy five thousand dollars. He was required to pay a fine and forfeit all other proceeds he made from the sale. That is not what is said because about he's this not individual. he's not. CIO. Yeah, exactly. He's not a chief officer. You don't, right? yeah. So, did we learn nothing from Enron? No. Now, it may be that he's actually required to forfeit these, and that's just an oversight in this article. But that was that was something that hit. I was like, hold up. These numbers don't add up. And that means that he still made out in the good if he's not required to forfeit his earnings. So, oops, he's going to prison for four months. Well, I'm just glad that we're getting hardcore criminals like this and Martha Stewart off the streets mm-hmm. because, you know, the world is a safer place. Oh, she's back. Yeah. She's right back there on the streets. But, but with she's Snoop putting. Yeah, yeah. She's. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Remediated. Uh, yeah, she's. Uh, what do they call it? Oh, you're supposed man. to go to reintegrated. No, uh, reintegrated. No, you're supposed to reintegrated. Learn. Rehabilitated. 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 Oh, is it. that a buzzword? It should be. No. So, yeah, but I did say breach because fine. breach was in the headline. You don't have it. You do. <laughs> oh, but uh, nobody else happened to say that back to me at any point in the Equifax story, which is. Funny how that works out. Really upsetting. Oops. <laughs> uh, okay. Even uh, more upsetting than a gentleman making a lot of money off of insider trading. Well, you know, the, the things that get me mad. All right. Uh, let's head back over now to the best designed website on the internet, slash dot, uh, dot org. Uh, Sting finds ransomware data recovery firms are just paying the ransom. And so I want to know why the singer was involved in this investigation at all. And uh, what the police had to do. <laughs> All right, just <laughs> sorry for some reason. It's like Roxanne and every breath you, you don't take, have just to playing in my head. Wanna, like he's wanna... just watching them. He's like, yeah, sting, yeah, yep, yep, sting. I'm, I'm not getting the this singer. At all. The singer, sting. Okay. Sting finds Sting it finds out. ransomware data recovery firms. Are... <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm left behind. Like, like I... he's cracking up and Dodge is looking at me like, I don't, you're I don't an idiot. Which is this funny. <laughs> normal look for me. But uh, honestly, because uh, I. We even I heard sang you say, Roxanne. I thought you said. Was he in Roxanne? The song. Roxanne. Oh, he did sing. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a total whoosh moment for me, I guess. I. <laughs> <laughs> not connecting any of this. I had some stuff to I say want... about this article. <laughs> <laughs> I 
ship well, sailed. Well, there we go. So, well, uh, Don, as the one not laughing because you didn't get the joke, why don't you tell us what's going on? <laughs> so, <laughs> there there had been a couple of firms, uh, which were not 1980s singers, uh, that yep. have been offering services to basically take care of your ransomware. If your company gets infected, all your data gets encrypted, you can, instead of paying the ransom, you can pay this company and they will recover your data for you. Now, they'll charge more than the ransom, but at least you're not giving the money to the criminals. You're giving it to this trustworthy company over here uh, to be able to do that. Uh, I'm saying company singular, but there's actually more than one company involved in all this mess. So a security researcher, uh, Fabian Wosar, I think is how you pronounce that, wanted to do a test. Like, how do these companies recover encrypted software? Because there's a few organizations out there that uh, have been, whenever they figure out how to reverse some encryption, they'll release a free tool so that anybody can decrypt their own data. Uh, but these guys are not releasing tools. So, so how are they doing it? And so what he did is he posed as a victim who had had their system encrypted and the attacker. He set up fake email accounts, a fake uh, uh, Bitcoin wallet. He set up uh, all of that for doing the uh, you know, cryptocurrency transaction stuff, everything that you see in a normal ransomware attack. And then as the victim, he went to these firms and he said, hey, look, my, my stuff got encrypted and here's the ransom note with the information and so on. Because even I would do this is ask for a copy of the ransom note because that's how you identify what the ransomware is. Well, the firm would then say, all right, well, they want $1,000 in Bitcoin for $1,200. We can recover your data. And so he paid it. And within minutes, he got emails from that company to his fake attacker account saying, hey, uh, you know, you want $1,000. Would you take $800? Yeah. Or, or sometimes they were just saying, hey, we'll pay the 1000 Yeah. And they would pay the ransom, get the keys, and decrypt it, and then they would just keep the difference. You know, the, the amount of money, either if they negotiated it lower or if they just paid outright. Just whatever the difference was, that was their profit. So they were just turning around and paying the criminals. So companies thought that they were not paying the criminals and kind of doing the right thing. Meanwhile, you had these companies that were just uh, effectively like grifters, you know, just kind of skimming money off the top. Yeah, and because the only reason you would do that is to say, well, I'm not going to give the money to the, the hackers. I'm going to give the money to a... a reputable business and turns out you're just doing the same thing yeah i think it's funny after this happened the company removed the statement from its website that it says it provides an alternative to paying hackers so, it also changed honest right, free to advice go, yeah. to simple free advice <laughs> and hundreds to many yeah <laughs> so this is kind of like you ever heard of title washing you know what title washing is Mm-mm. so like i buy a car i don't actually go like report it that i've bought it and i don't sign it so when you transact a car, like Peter is the seller, will sign it, I'll sign it, I'll go pay taxes on it, register it in my name, and then mm-hmm. I'll sell it to Don. Well, I could do that and never sign it and sell so it, you don't have to, pay sell it to Don, so I don't pay tax. It almost seems a similar kind of setup to that. Is this technically illegal, though? Because title washing is. Well, but I don't is think this, this is illegal? Well, unless, unless you They're misrepresenting yeah. what they're doing. Uh, and so, in that scenario, it is illegal. Uh, and I, I think at least one of these was in the UK. And in the United States, we have a lot of things like uh, freedom of speech, and you can make arguments like, oh, I said whatever I wanted. It was hyperbole. And, uh, but in the UK, they don't have that. They're not an oppressive government, but they don't have freedom of speech. And so uh, their consumer laws are a lot more strict. So, yeah, there, there will be criminal proceedings on this. 
Well, it almost makes you wonder too if they're if they're willing to do that. Why not just infect people with ransomware and then call them? Because you know who's got ransomware well, now. That and would say, be bad. Hey, we're the first company to call you. How'd you hear we got ransomware? I, don't worry about it, but uh, we can fix this for you. Yeah. This is the equivalent of offering, like, uh, fire protection. You know, pay me $50 a month, and I'll have emergency services vehicles ready to come and uh, hose down your house if it's on fire. And then when a fire happens, they report it to you, and then you just call the regular fire department. So like an alarm you know, company. Yeah, you, you're For not. some reason, I had this like idea of a of a mob boss. It'd be real horrible if something bad happened to your stuff around here. You know, so it's like a protection racket, right? Uh, sorry, just to to further clarify, title washing. It's to remove also like it's a salvage title, those type things. So I'll buy it from Peter, do some shenanigans, mm. and then sell it to you to where I've hidden that. So I always but, get the Carfax. Yeah, I always get the Carfax. Uh, well. So oopsie daisy. Technator brought to you by Carfax. <laughs> Carfax. Oh, it's not, but... You know, we don't have the news article for this week, but uh, YouTube has been rolling out some new policies. And one of their policies says that if you have a video that contains content that teaches people how to bypass security measures, that is not allowed on YouTube anymore. Yep. And uh, the reason I didn't throw it in our articles for this week is I'm waiting for your YouTube to clarify a little more because they, they haven't been exactly... They've started blocking a few videos, but... We just talked about title washing, and uh, I feel Perfect. like thank you. Justin. I feel like we uh, we might get this one blocked I, on YouTube. I was just informing Carfax actually has an article about title washing. I thought we'd be. Uh, I'm not showing you how to wash a title. I thought we'd be banned <laughs> for for me uh, breaking Sting's copyright there and nah, singing I, Roxanne. You, you just get the one seconds, word, right? I think that's a myth. I've never found any actual. If you sing it poorly, is that fair use? It's satire. Okay. What I did was okay. definitely satire. <laughs> right, so it's satire. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read that as well. And even in an educational standpoint where you're not bypassing security of a valid website, if it's just like WebGoat or something, yeah, still can be taken down per their Sorry, new policies. Web, WebGoat? Yeah, it's uh, put out by OWASP. It's an intentionally uh, vulnerable web application. Yeah, you run it on your uh, your webcam. Oh, got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, no. I'm looking at your, uh, running your dog looks sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's very ill. All right, well, if you were to uh, go out uh, this window and get on, on I-75 right here and go up, what, about 45 minutes? minutes? Yeah, yeah, 30, 45 minutes. You would find yourself in Lake City, Florida, uh, the home of our next article here from thenextweb.com. Florida city that paid $500,000 Bitcoin ransom fires IT director. Ransomers are uh, getting away with it, the article says. So uh, we need to be careful and uh, look at resumes that are coming in over the next couple of weeks. That's and right. just <laughs> where, where did you work in this? So we, last, uh, yeah. we talked about this one last week while you were out of town. And uh, at the time, we were just kind of discussing how they, they got hit with ransomware and they had cyber insurance. And so they had to pay a, a deductible, which I've already forgotten how much that was. Uh, so really, it's the insurance company paid 500 grand in ransom so they could recover their systems. Um, the update here is IT director got fired. So, uh, you know, when ransomware hits like this, it's interesting to see where the blame falls. And I don't I don't actually know how big their IT department is. So it could be really small. Like you get an IT director and two support desk people. And that's it. Lake City's not that big. So Yeah, it's not like Baltimore or something that went through this recently. Yeah. This is this is a small town. But at the end of the day, you know, it fell, in this case, on the IT director, not not necessarily like an auditor or somebody who came through and said you weren't following best practices. Maybe that means there wasn't an auditor, uh, and that that's a problem in and of itself. But in this case, the IT director did get canned, and uh, we'll, we'll see 
Uh, we'll have to see if that resume passes by. I always like how there's like this word. It's a decision that we made to revamp our entire IT department to uh, address the setback that we've been ca- like crazy stuff. Like I'm like, okay, you, you're upset. It's fine. Uh, it did say that they only had to pay ten thousand dollars in excess using taxpayer money uh, mm-hmm. versus um, what the um, uh, their cyber insurance were paying. So All right. interesting. Way better than right at the bottom. Baltimore City, $18 million. Uh, well, that's did their cost. Pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah their, their cost to take the high road. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Yeah, yeah and, you know, there is a, another argument here that uh, that we don't know, which is maybe maybe the IT director was doing everything he could with the budget he was given. You know, if your budget is $100,000 and you've got two employees under you and you're trying to support an entire city, uh, you know, as far as the government functions, then you're not going to be able to do a lot of things like reliable backups. Uh, in this scenario, it does mention they, they did have backups, but they were online backups, so they got encrypted as well. Uh, so they just lost access to everything. It's a, it's a bad scenario. Yeah, my, my guess, though, is having driven through Lake City, um, that the IT director is also the, uh, the manager of the parks department. Uh, he's the, the dog catcher responsible for the uh, fireworks display every year. It, it could be that. I've, I've worked in a situation where um, 22,000 computers had to be maintained and it was three technicians and like one like director. Uh, so what that meant was is they took, they're like, this is the only way that we can do this effectively. They had a really low budget. They didn't have a lot of help. And it could have been if yeah. something like this happened, it would just somebody would have got canned probably. But what are you going to do? You have three people to manage twenty two thousand computers. Yeah. Now, when they say you know we've made the decision to revamp IT, that that could be political speak for. Oh, that, that budget item we've been skimping on year after year, we're actually going to go ahead and correct it. Uh, but the fact that they fired this guy probably indicates that, uh, you know, this wasn't doing a great job. But now hopefully they'll, they'll crank that budget up, actually get some work done and uh, have a much more stable infrastructure. Hopefully this serves as a great big warning flag to the rest of, of well, everybody, not just the United States, but the whole world to say, we need to evaluate how are we doing our backups? How can we recover our data? What would happen if ransomware hit? You know, plan that process. Don't don't go the prevention route, right? A lot of people say, I want to prevent getting ransomware in the first place. You can do that if you want, but you really need to be thinking about if we get it, what do we do? How do we recover from that? I'm really disappointed that we didn't send somebody up there as like a, a reporter on the street. <laughs> a correspondence reporter? Yeah. Could just uh, stand in front of the courthouse? We could have run a cable up there. We don't even need satellite. <laughs> I'm just worried of getting sunburned, so I, I, I make sure. <laughs> well, I will going. say, though, uh, the photo that they've selected on this article, and I know some of you are just listening here, so I'll describe it to you. Uh, it is not Lake City. No. Uh, no. <laughs> there no. there uh, appears to be a lake in this, uh, but also a mountain. Um, I haven't been to Lake City. It is not uh, that beautiful um, as, <laughs> as what looks like, I don't know, um, Monaco here. Yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah. It looks like a Mediterranean city. But we've also it? got the uh, stereotypical hacker um, uh, David Blaining bitcoins away from <laughs> uh, the only what I can assume is the IT director there sulking in the corner. That is an inter- you know, now that you've brought that um, up, that is an interesting art in like image for this article. They're like, all right, we need a city with a lake. There's, yeah, there's hackers a lake involved. city. Does it have there's mountains? Bitcoin I don't involved. Know. Yeah. 
Uh, you, so. you just search the stock image. For, well, there we go. Yeah. I search Lake. That is an oddly specific image. I've never used it. Does, does Getty Images work that way? Like, can you just Pretty search much. it? You yeah. just put a bunch of words, and you're like, why did they make that? Uh, I, I saw a, a stock photo the other day. It was, a, it was a, an older woman teaching four children how to play that game where you do the knife in between your fingers. All right. It's like, why is that a stock photo? Who... Wait a minute! Did you just say a woman was teaching children? How yeah, to do on this? a stock photo. It's a, it was like a, a Shutterfly or, or what did you? What words did you? No, type I didn't in? search. I, I someone posted that they found this. What so did they search? I don't know. So you bought it, right? Yeah, I, I own it. It's my phone background now. It's my. Uh, well, I'm thinking we could use that here on the podcast, right? That could be oh, our new. Man. You know, the, the education she's giving those children is equal to the value of the education that we give to our podcast listeners. At, at least, at, at the very minimum. But I do want to reiterate, uh, Don did say, don't go to the prevention route, go to the backup route. And I just feel like I need to say, again, listen to him because all they have to do is find one little one little hole, one little person that clicks on that email and boom, ransomware all over the place. Definitely go to the backup okay, route. By the way, uh, Getty Images. Um, I, I searched and uh, found it in Google. Uh, it was called Grandmother Teaching Children the Knife. Um, high res stock, and when you go to that uh, link, it says, "Oops, we cannot find the page you're looking for." Uh, but it's still got the URL slash grandmother dash teaching children the knife high res photography. Oh, you okay. got to say what? All right, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pulling it up here on my laptop so the viewers can see it. So here's the the Google result: grandmother teaching children the knife game. Uh, dare I pull up the images here to see if it? Oh yeah, so it's been it's teaching. been cached. So <laughs> there it is. There that, it is. Possibly yes. the most bizarre Why? thing that we're going to see Why? today. And they, um, they're that is very a lot of children. The kid yeah. on the on the right is is very uh, young and yeah. focused. Um, but they all are we seem sure to this be... isn't out of a horror movie? That's it's, maybe there's a Getty images <laughs> right on top of there. But uh, <laughs> images may be subject to copyright. I bet Getty's enforcing that right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, we're not we're not doing that we anymore. Are, just another reason we'll be removed from YouTube this week. All right. Well, our last uh, article of the day here uh, is more of a tweet, and uh, makes me wonder uh, if the calendar says April first today. Um, so this is from the Windows Twitter account. It says introducing the all new Windows 1.0 with MS DOS Executive Clock and more. Yeah. So is is this like the original uh, ad? So this is a ad. For Windows 1.0, and if you watch it, it actually starts with the the newest Windows logo, and it's kind of going backwards through the older logos until mm-hmm. it gets right there to the Windows 1.0. Uh, so this there is the is. original logo, and then it kind of drops oh. off. Never actually shows the OS. See, I, I, but... I don't think I'd ever seen that logo. I've seen the one right before that, the grayscale so, one. This was the logo they used when they were still working together with IBM, um. and they had just broken off and depending on whose side of the story you want. With IBM's side, it's uh, Microsoft just stole all that code for a graphical user interface. And on Microsoft's side, they say they took the code that they innovated with sure. and, and brought it over to create their own OS. Uh, and that's kind of where Windows was born. And then it rolled forward to some of the where's the newer logos. Uh, that logo right there, the black and white one, is probably the first one that older IT people would recognize. Uh, but then the, the next one back... Everybody should recognize because that's from Windows ninety five. Uh, yeah, the, go? with there. the trailing kind of uh, yeah. pixels, yeah, little little pixelated or whatever. So that was Windows ninety five that rolled out with that one. Uh, or actually, I feel like that one was in Windows three point one a little bit as well. I, I think it might have been. Yeah, like, a, like 
So what is going on here? Because this is the official Windows uh, Twitter account, and if you if you click off of this tweet, you know, on, on to the side of that, we're looking at all 1.0 stuff here as we scroll down to so, this a bunch of old. Ads. I'm a fan of old software. You know, I've got my collection of OS two back there, is and this? so I thought it was really awesome that they were doing this. And it's all tied into Stranger Things. It's Stranger, Stranger Things, Things oh, okay. season three. It's a big fat commercial, but it's gotcha. the best kind of commercial oh, yeah. because we get to see old technology. And uh, I haven't watched any of season three yet, so so no spoilers. I have not yet either. But no. uh, they must be featuring some Windows computers. Well, have, or I know they have new there. Coke in there as well. Yeah. Um, Lots of product placement. So that's fun. Well, cool. Yes, uh, I'm three dot eleven, three dot one one. Oh, Windows uh, for work. Yep. So it had the pixelated logo. So, yeah. yeah, so that's the one that I think most people would recognize right yeah. off the street. But, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, Microsoft, they had Microsoft DOS with no graphical user interface for a long time. And then when Windows 1.0 came out, it was just laid on top of DOS. And so when they mentioned the DOS executive, like you can, you can run your DOS programs while you're in the GUI. That was a big deal. Uh, it's all silly to us now, but it was all part of the Stranger Things tie-in. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I did not win in Buzzword Bingo this week. Um, I think having the interview really, really helps, especially yeah. if it's a marketing person. Yeah. Um, I, and once my, again, I have to read the headlines, and you guys don't have to say any of those words back to me, which doesn't help. Yeah, I was out of practice. I had a hard time like keeping up with things. Well, there's new a lot of new words here yeah. this week. So you're, uh, you're is ransomware one of our words in the word it, bank? I thought it was, but I don't have it. It's not on my card. It's not on my card. Hmm. It seems it yeah. improbable I that thought it would I not be on one of our it. three. We'll, we'll, we'll check. We'll, yeah. I, I don't know statistics, but it seems like it should be there. I don't Math. know statistics either. But I do know Sting. We should put the word the on there. Yeah, Sting. <laughs> See, now, sadly, if you had mentioned, like, I don't know, the Dune movie or Tantra or something like that, I probably would have known you were talking about, but uh, Roxanne. When you said Roxanne, what immediately popped into my head was Eddie Murphy singing Roxanne in, uh, was it 48 Hours or? Is that 48 Hours? It, uh, He's in prison, uh, and uh, Gary Busey comes to pick him up, or Nick Nolte, Nick whatever. Nolte, so that was forty-eight hours. Okay, yeah. Gary Busey or Nick Nolte? No one knows the yeah, difference. Yeah, I don't. Fine, Gary Busey, <laughs> one from Point Break, maybe. I don't know. Uh, hey, before we let you go, we want to let you know about a couple things coming up from IT Pro TV. First of all, over at itpro.tv/webinars, you can sign up for. Uh, we've got two of them coming up. Both. Featuring Don Pazette. Uh, first of all, on Thursday, July 11th, that's this Thursday, uh, it's When Disaster Strikes, an IT pro's guide to disaster planning. So we're talking about natural disasters, ransomware, all kinds of uh, disaster fun um, as we get into uh, hurricane season. I think uh, I just heard Tropical Storm um, uh, Philip, I think it was. The... Oh, we have a name? No, Storm? not Philip. Barry. Because we I was were, like, we we're, we're already joking. at peace? No, we were joking with one of the, we have an employee, Barry, here. Uh, who's sea level, which you made fun of very mm. much um, earlier. But um, we also have another webinar on Thursday, July 25th. Uh, that is Live Hacking uh, Eternal Blue. So we did a Live Hacking webinar a few weeks ago, had a lot of uh, interest. And so what are we doing on this one? We're looking specifically at, at that. Um, yeah. So uh, what's going to happen is it's going to be Daniel and I again, like we did with the last one, and uh, he's going to show how Eternal Blue works, and he's actually written his own Eternal Blue exploit, you know, that leverages that exploit uh, to reach out and compromise a server. I'm going to show how we can detect that happening and how we can prevent that, and then we'll end up blocking what he's doing. So we'll get to see all of that and how it works and, and all the moving pieces that go on behind the scenes. It's a, it's because. 
Eternal Blue was in the news a lot, and so people heard about it. People know the name, but not many people got a chance to see how it worked exactly. Yeah. And so we'll we'll dissect that and get a chance to see it. Sounds good. Um, we'll head over to itpro.tv slash webinars to uh, sign up for that or see all of our past webinars as well. Um, also, head over to go.itpro.tv slash technado. Uh, there we've got a 30% off coupon code for you uh, if you're interested in trying out itpro.tv. You can also find out about business plans, uh, two-week trial, and uh, request a demo and do all that great stuff there at go.itpro.tv slash technado. Well, um, a little shorter week this week, like we said, with uh, with the holiday and and no uh, no interview, but uh, a lot of fun. Still catching up on all. We we had a lot of uh, follow up stories, um, Equifax, yeah. Lake, Lake City, stuff like that. So uh, good to good to stay abreast of that stuff um, there. And so I guess that's going to do it for us. And uh, I think we're going to go ahead and purchase the rights to Roxanne uh, as the uh, closing music here. So if you're hearing that um, right now, that's because we did purchase that. And if not. Um, uh, we we made a decision not to purchase that. So. Are we also going to go ahead and go dump money out up front in front of our building? Because yeah. it feels like a yeah, horrible use of funds. Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. you what, I'll sing Roxanne horribly so we don't have to pay for it, and then you just pay me. See, that's what VC funding's for. So you can, I mean, this uh, is the dot com boom. Was, <laughs> yes, like was hey, I think we should have Roxanne song. be you know our, what? our. Is our it song. time for Technado to IPO? I think so. I think we're ready. And, I think so. And then when the breach comes, I will sell all my shares. Because yep. right as we found out, as long as you make money and there's no forfeiture clause, well, I'll just good. make sure we're all like sea level. Yeah. 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 And then we can blame our underlings. Yeah. Chief podcast officer. Chief, yeah. <laughs> just blame Megan back in the uh, in the production room there. <laughs> Sorry, Megan. Uh, <laughs> Enjoy prison. All right. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. And we will see you next week right here on TechNATO.